Oprah called. And Oprah said, since you know, her producer said, since you've learned about the law of attraction, how has your life gotten better? And I said the very key thing, and if I ever teach you a media class, I teach you how to hook the media big time. I said, if you want to know how great my life is now, you first have to know what a mess it was before. Two hours later, she's planning a producer to fly out to Los Angeles and shoot my life story for the Oprah show. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. The topic of this very short conversation that I'm going to have with you is called holistic success. Doing well while you do good. What does that look like? You know. As I was preparing for this, I thought about, you know, there's several stories, and you guys know I'm a storyteller. If you know anything about me, I'm a storyteller. There's several stories that I thought to share with you, but I thought I'd share one that would surprise most of you the most. Many of you, how many of you guys saw me in The Secret? Raise your hand. Okay, good. A nice number of people. So I'm about to shock you. You'll probably want to tweet this because it's like releasing the secret behind the secret. Anybody interested in that? Yes, yes? Yes, yes? All right. So the secret behind the secret is that when I went to Transformational Leadership Council, which Steve, Dave, a few of my friends here are part of, Jack Canfield put that conference together, and it's a council of who he considers to be some of the top transformational leaders in the world, all over the world. And I had the honor of being one of the original 42 founders invited to that program. And we have been together for maybe about three years, and this woman comes, and she's presenting in front of us. No one gets to present in front of this council. It's so hard to get invited there even as a guest. So as a presenter, it's slim to none because it's our private time. It's where world changers and leaders come to let our hair down and to just learn from each other and have a ball and promise not to post anything. So we don't have a hashtag because we do not want you to see some of that stuff that goes on. And so this woman comes, and she stands in front of us, and she's talking about something, and I don't understand what she's saying because she has a thick, beautiful, but thick Australian accent. So I'm like, what is she saying? And every third word, it'd be something like secret. And then every fifth word, it'd be something like law of attraction. And then every ninth word, would be help humanity. So I was like, somebody has a secret that's very attractive <laughs> that's going to help humanity. But I had no idea what she was talking about. And then to add to it, she had this ruffle skirt on, and she had all these colors on, and you know, I'm, my ADD is kicking in. She got a red rhinestone right here. I'm loving everything. I'm looking at the bling bling. I'm looking at the razzle dazzle. I don't know what she's talking about. And at the very end, she goes, "We, I want to interview some of you." So I'm going, "I have no idea what a secret is. I have no idea what a law of attraction is. I was born Baptist. I'm a black girl from LA." So I don't know about law of attraction at this point, so I'm just going to sit here quiet and let this moment pass <laughs> and not confirm what I don't know. How many of us have done that? Right, I'm just going to sit here and nod. Yes, yes. That's nice, lady with the dot. That's nice. <laughs> and so at the end, she says, everyone raise their hand. I want to do it. I want to do it. And I didn't raise my hand because I knew I didn't know what I was doing, so I don't want to do it. And at the very end, she goes, I heard I need to have you in the video. And I was like, why? 
She said, I just heard that. I said, well, no, thank you. I really want to open up the space for someone else because I didn't know what the secret was. I had no idea. Close your mouth. I know you look shy. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> Vision just said you were the most, and I was the most requested person in the secret after the first year, but I didn't know what the secret was. So she says, I want to interview you in two hours. I said, okay, I got two hours to learn how to fake it. I go back to my hotel room, I get on Google, and I look up the secret. <laughs> Hadn't been created yet. There was nothing on the secret at one point. I go, oh my God. So then I said, I got it. I'm going to go into the room while Jack Canfield is doing his thing on the secret, because Jack is like my brother from another mother. I just can take Jack's words and reframe them and pair them back out. I got through high school like that. I can do it again. So I go in, I'm standing in the back of the room, Jack gets ready to talk, I'm like, come on, just take mental notes, Lisa, and then turn around and feed it back to him with a little sister style on it. It'll be all right, they'll never notice. And right as they got ready to start the cameras, they stopped and looked back at me and said, oh, Lisa, we need you to step out of the room. We want every teacher's authentic, unique perspective. I was like, what? Scooby-Doo, hmm? <laughs> So I go out, I go to get my makeup done. It's my last chance. She's putting my makeup on. She's go, she goes, I'm so excited to hear your version of what the secret is. I was like, me too. <laughs> and I said, but before I go, tell me what your opinion is of the secret. I'm going to get it from anybody I can. <laughs> yes, yes? yes? She says, well, I think, no, I don't want to ruin it. I'll tell you later after you've spoken. I was like, damn. So as I'm walking in the room, I just release. I release any need to be accepted. I was afraid that I would get kicked out of this unique, exclusive club. I release the desire to stay in the club. I release the need to be approved or to prove that I'm smart as anyone else. I released everything, you guys, because there was nothing else to hold on to. And I said, as I walked to that chair that many of you saw me sitting in, I'm just going to speak my truth and see what happens. Two hours later, I got up from the interview, still having no idea what this damn secret was. <laughs> so I was sure that when it was edited, I would not be in. I'm going to be on the editing floor, and I'm okay with that. I played full out. So a year later, we're in Arizona, and we're doing the premiere, and everyone's excited because 56 people were all interviewed, and, and we don't know who got in, and we just feel like it might be something big. I'm not sure, so everyone's waited, bated breath. These are brilliant people sitting next to me. 42 people out of 42 people, 196 books have been authored. They taught quantum physics during dessert. Like, who, what? Just brilliant. So I'm sitting there absolutely clear that I'm not going to be in it, but I'm okay. I play full out. I'm still in the club. I'm all right. And as it's playing, all of a sudden, and I don't know if some of you know, but there's a secret one and a secret two. Some of you might know that. The secret one, I was in four times. And this was the first one, and it starts to play, and I see myself, and I start laughing out loud. I was like, oh, 
It wasn't a funny moment in the show, so everyone looked at me. And I'm laughing at, oh my God, I got in. I think I'm still in the club. And then it went on and I began to see the conversation. And a year later, I get a call from Rhonda Byrne and she says, out of everyone, you are the most requested speaker. Can we come out and shoot you again? Because we want to put you in more time. I went from four times in to 18 times in. And I said, I can't believe this. This is just crazy that it keeps happening. And then Oprah called. And Oprah said, since you know, her producer said, since you've learned about the law of attraction, how has your life gotten better? And I said the very key thing, and if I ever teach you a media class, I'll teach you how to hook the media big time. I said, if you want to know how great my life is now, you first have to know what a mess it was before. Two hours later, she's planning a producer to fly out to Los Angeles and shoot my life story for the Oprah show. I say all that to tell you that you don't always have to know exactly what you're doing. You don't always have to know exactly where you're going. You don't have to know where the road's going to end. You just have to be willing to take your next step. Sometimes clear and powerful, and sometimes with blind, unwavering faith. You just got to take the next step. I don't hide the fact that I didn't know what the secret was. I think it's absolutely amazing, funny, awesome, that that's the thing that catapulted my brand, that thing that I knew the least about, but I was willing to stand in my truth. I was willing to risk it all, to gain it all. I was willing to know nothing, to learn anything I could, out loud and publicly. Sometimes we're so committed to protecting the image we think we have that we can't create the future we deserve to have. So I just stopped by, because y'all know I'm always running, so I'm stopping by. I'm going to stay with you for a few days. I'm going to spend as much time with you as I can. I love what Vision and what the team is about, so each time I see how I can commit more. But I'm always going to tell you, are you living and standing in your truth? Are you creating holistic success, the kind of success that in the dark of the night, you're at peace with what you've done in the middle of the day? That kind of success where your children and your sibling and your parents and your extended family say, I'm proud to know you. That kind of success where you're not leaving a liability, you choose to leave a legacy. I'm going to be that woman in your life that constantly rattles your soul to make sure you're speaking into the greatest parts of yourself. You can get scared. You can get nervous. You can get tired. You can get frustrated. And you can know absolutely nothing, but are you still willing to live in your truth and stand in your greatness with all of that on the table? I'm going to be that sister friend for you, constantly. You know, I thought at one point it was all about making money, but that's because I was broke. And then I made a lot of money, and I realized it was all about the legacy and the story that I get to tell on my way. So I look at my life today. I run a multi-million dollar company, and as Vision said, I'm the only person today to be taking a company public. My company goes public in February. And, you know, we said we were going to raise $250,000 pre-IPO, open it up to a few families and friends. And I was so excited because when I opened up the pre-IPO, I didn't open it up to investors, standard investors. I went to friends like you and families, people who normally may not have that opportunity. And I looked up and we said we would raise a quarter of a million pre-IPO. and We raised accidentally, without even thinking, a million and 87,000. <sighs> I look at that and what makes that journey sweet is that I'm the same woman who when my son was born, I had to get on public assistance to help my son, to feed my son. 
I needed the government to help me. So public assistance was necessary. So I guess my next book is from public assistance to going public. I don't know. It just sounds like a good title to me. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And the journey in between is the quality of the lifestyle that I create so that I make sure that I'm not creating a pyrrhic victory, which is a victory that looks sexy, but it really stings underneath, but that I'm creating holistic success. See, I'm very proud that my company is going public. I'm very proud that I run a multi-million dollar company. But if you ask me what tickles my fancy, it's the fact that my son and I just traveled around the world because he wants to be a master chef. And so I said, son, before you go to college to cook, why don't we go around the world and cook and see how it really feels? Because you've been watching TV. <laughs> and the chef's on TV. That ain't real. And so we went to the British Virgin Islands, and he cooked there. And then we went to Italy, and we cooked in Sicily, and we cooked in Palermo, and we cooked in Tuscany, and Rome, and Florence, and Venice. And, and if you ask me what tickles my fancy is watching my son cook in the kitchen. It's watching my grandmother dance. Some of you met my grandmother last year. It's getting my grandmother a boombox that was a CD player and a cassette player. She old school. She needed her cassette player. And the very first cassette she put on to play was Tupac. <laughs> and she got up and she's like, hey, it's been a long time. Dancing with my grandmother tickles my fancy. It's last year on stage. Some of you were at Speaking Right to Make Millions. It was on stage with my mother. You guys saw my mother. My mother and I performed on stage, salt and pepper, shoot. Right, it's watching my mother take it all the way down while I couldn't. That's why I can now. She ain't gonna ever do that again without me. That's holistic success. Making sure that there's balance in every area of my life is spending time with my God. It's Choosing to get up and run even after a long night because I'm not working out these days. I'm snatching my sexy back. It's being committed to that. So I stopped by to remind you that while you create wealth, create the wealth that doesn't come in a monetary exchange as well. Create that kind of wealth that in your transitional years, you sit back and say, gosh, I wish I would have. Oh, I did that. And I, I wish I should have. Oh, I did that too. My grandmother says, baby, when you get my age, you're supposed to sit back in your favorite rocking chair and tell the stories of your life. She said, but when you're your age, you're supposed to make sure the story's going to be good to tell. And so I just stopped by. And I'll be with you again. And I know some of you have already asked, can you meet with me? Those of you who were with me yesterday, we had an amazing time, didn't we? We had an amazing, an amazing time. An amazing time. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, 
and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. We learn that you have to be willing to put some skin in at this level. There's no Google download to success. You got to be willing to work hard, put your sleeves up, put your elbows up, put your chin down, and have put some sweat equity into it. We learn that conviction, conviction and convenience don't live on the same block. That if you are convicted, you might have to bleed a little, sweat a little, cry a little, stay up a little late. And you recognize that your success doesn't belong to you. Your success belongs to all the people that are inspired by the contagiousness of it. Then you know it was all worth it. I look at my life today and it's barely recognizable on every level. And what I know about that is that that means there's no potion lotion to this. There's no magic hookup. It's not just who you know, though that matters. It's who you know, what you do with who you know, what you want to do when you don't know anybody, how much are you willing to work, and how many times will you get back up when you're knocked down? What I love about that formula is that everybody can feed that. Everyone. And so I stop by to stir your soul. I stop by to make you mildly to moderately to significantly uncomfortable in any form of mediocrity. I stop by to pull you up to your greatness, to hold your hand and say, you've always been on the right track. And everything you've done to this day, you had to do everything you said to this day, you had to say every decision you made, whether you liked it or whether it gave you a great experience or whether it gave you a great lesson, you needed to make that decision to get you right here. I called you into this energy to ask you, are you willing to stop keeping score? I don't know. I don't know if vision properly warns some of you. I'm a lot spicier than I am on TV. I don't come to keep you comfortable. I come to have you live inside your discomfort so you can see what it is so we can handle that and move to the next level. I come for that. I come not to rah-rah you. I come to celebrate you, but I also come to hold you accountable to the man that you say you wanted to be, to the woman that you know yourself to be. I'm looking at the 2025 version of you. I don't even see the 2011 or the 2012. So I just stopped by as a sister in possibility to ask you, are you willing? Are you willing to redefine, to newly define, to a whole new level? Are you willing to walk into a room with cameras and with lights and absolutely know nothing about a conversation that's about to be recorded and shown to millions? Are you willing to sit there are you willing to speak your truth, not having any idea how it's going to show up? Are you willing? Are you willing to stand in front of audiences all around the world, whether it be on camera, whether it be in front of teens, whether it be in small groups? Are you willing to tell your truth at the risk of being loved or not? Are you willing? As I shared yesterday, it is not your greatest fear that you're going to die. They say we're going to rest in peace. <laughs> That'll be the best night's sleep I got. <laughs> it's not your greatest fear you're going to die. It's your greatest fear you're going to die before you let the world see who you really are. Before you set your champion free. Before they know your name. 
Before they know your name and your rhythm and who you really are, that's your fear is I want to make sure I get this done. I cannot leave with this champion in me. So I asked that simple question. Will you introduce me to your champion? Will you let me meet your champion? Don't whisper yes, yes. Right. Are you willing to be loud and proud about your champion before it's perfected? Are you willing to set your champion free even if it means no one understands your champion? Are you willing to release your champion if it means you got to stand alone for a little while? See, some of us are so concerned with being liked and appreciated and accepted that we're trying to bring everyone along with us, but everyone doesn't fit through your door of possibility. You got to let them go, go through, and then turn around and say, come on, y'all. But you got to go through alone sometimes. Thank you. I have learned how to celebrate my womanhood. Are you willing? I came closer because sometimes you need a moment where someone loves you enough to get in your face, to rattle your cage, to make you uncomfortable in anything you've been into that moment so you can give yourself the freedom to step into the next moment. I love who you've been. You love who you've been. But you've outgrown who you've been. And you are so ready, you're willing to be radical enough to come to a conference called A-Fest in a city called Cancun and not know exactly what you're going to do because you're so ready. And so I just stopped by to remind you that you are the right person for this assignment. No one can do it exactly like you. No one can serve the world the way you can. And the space that you want to feel, it's not too full yet. Mm, someone came here just to hear that. You're right on time. You're right on time. And all that mess that you have in your life that you're trying to protect, hell, that's your message. That's what makes it juicy. What I love about my platform is that it's built on my imperfections. So I have nothing to hide, nothing to protect. It's in your humanity that you will save the rest of us. It's in your transparency that you give us permission to breathe. It's in your breakdown that you show us we can have a breakthrough. So I did come to make you mildly, to moderately, to significantly uncomfortable. <laughs> and any form of mediocrity. Because if God would use a young woman like me from South Central L.A. who got a fail in English and a D-minus in speech to help transform the planet the way I've been able to, then what is in store for you? What? And oh, by the way, you're late for work. You've been spending so much time trying to get it right. And we just want your imperfection, because in your imperfection, you'll save lives. In closing, I'd like to share with you a story. I was 19, and I ran in the 1994 Olympic trials. I was a world-class hurdler 
and 4x100, 4x400 relay runner. After the Olympics was over, I went to college. And I went from a room like this that had people from all over the world honoring each other's diversity to McMinnville, Oregon. I was one of four black girls and 18 black guys in my school. And I've always had the energy that you feel. And it has not always been accepted because I didn't know what to do with it. Anybody like that? You're still learning what to do with the power that you've been given. And I was going through a particularly hard time, like they wrote on my door, black bitch, go home. Not on the message pad, but on the door. They put cat feces in front of my door. It was just a time where people were coming from environments where they didn't have a lot of African-Americans in their presence. I thought it was all over. I'm from L.A. It's all about what you got, not what color your skin. I wasn't used to it. They poured a bucket of water over my head as I walked under the balcony. And this one particular day, I was so upset. I was just tired of the ignorance. And I said to my professor, why is it that I feel like I keep running through this hard time? Anyone feel like, why is it that it keeps being so hard? One hand up, two hands up. Have you ever had that moment? Why is it? And he said something that I couldn't understand then, but I can appreciate now, and I thought I'd share with you. He said, Lisa, if you feel like you keep having your face bruised, if you feel like you keep being poked and prodded, it's as if you're going through a forest and your face is being bruised, your nose is being bruised, and your chin's being bruised. If you feel that way, it's because you're making a path where one didn't previously exist. So you can go the path of convenience and follow someone, or you can make your own path, but it's going to come with some cost. And that's when I first heard conviction ain't convenient. And so I stopped by just to reassure you that if you've had a few bumps and bruises, congratulations, you're on the right path. I'm honored to stand beside you. It's not in our stand-up that we're most powerful. It's in our get-back-up that we're most powerful. It's not in the moments that everything is high and grand, that it feels the best. It's in the moments when you've recovered from something and you know you're not the same person that you used to be because you did. So I came here to not celebrate the soldiers, but to honor the generals in the room. I'm honored to stand beside you. I'm excited to serve you. And from the moment that I sat in that chair, I had no idea what I was talking about with that secret. I still could see you in this moment and know that we would meet. And so I invite you in my last words to have blind, unwavering, unapologetic faith in who you are designed to be. And on the days when your faith wavers, borrow my faith in you because I have enough faith for the both of us. I love you. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, 
Take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.